Welcome to our class in Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse on the verse in the prophets Jeremiah, Rafaini Hashem ve'irofei, Heal me, Hashem shall be healed. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse in Shabbos Parshas Bahar B'chokoisai, the 27th day of the month of Iyar, which was also Mevorchem HaChodesh, we blessed the month of Sivan, in the year Tavshin Chaf Aleph, exactly 60 years ago. So again, the Chassidic Discourse is based on the verse in the Prophets, Jeremiah, which is the Haftorah of this week's Torah portion, Parshish Baha'i B'chokosai, where the Prophet says, Rafa'ini Hashem, Hashem, heal me. Ve'irafei, then I'll be healed. Heishi'ini, help me. Ve'irishaya, then I'll be helped. Kisi'ilasi ata, because you are my praise. So the Zohar HaKadosh, asks on this verse, and it said, and the question is always asked, is a very simple question. Why does it say a double expression? Rafa'ini Hashem, heal me Hashem, ve'irafei, I'll be healed. The same thing also, it says, Hoshiyeni, save me, ve'irashaya. Why a double expression? And the Zohar explains as follows, that there's different levels of healing. When Hashem heals, Everyone, everyone is Hashem. Is he, Hashem. The ultimate healer is Hashem. But there could be a healing that happens that Hashem does through a shliach, through a messenger, or Hashem himself does a healing. So what happens, as Zohar says like this, when Hashem sends a shliach, a messenger to heal somebody, so let's say you were not feeling well, the shliach of Hashem, the messenger comes and heals you, so there's still a residue left over from the sickness that you had. Or it's possible that the, that the that what you had can come back again. However, the Zoya says when Hashem himself heals, that's complete healing. That means there's no residue of any of the sickness from before, and it's not going to come back. And therefore, based on this, the Zoya says that's the request. So for any Hashem, I want you, Hashem, to heal me. Then I'll know very roughly I'm going to be healed. Means it's going to be a complete healing in the sense that the total disease is going to go away. And B, it's not going to come back. And the same thing also applies to Hashiani. When I'm in trouble, I want you, Hashem, to, 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 to help me and to save me. And this way I'll, I'll be totally saved. So the Rebbe says, that's the nice in, insights in the Zoya. It's a beautiful idea. But, but, but there's still a question here. Why? If what we're saying is, Rafa'ini Hashem, we want Hashem to heal us. Or Hashiani, we want Hashem to heal us. So obviously, that's, it's coming from Hashem. It's a complete healing. It's a complete salvation. So why do you have to say, Ve'i Rafa'i, then I'll be healed? It's obvious that I'll be healed if Hashem is the one that's the healer. And the same thing also, why it repeats itself, Hashiani Vivashaya, why again it repeats itself twice? <clears throat> also, the Rebbe asks, why does the verse finish off to say, Ki Silasi Ata? In other words, it seems like that the reason why I'm being healed is because because that you're my you're my praise. And what's the, if that's the case? What's the connection with the hilasi? That because of that, specifically, you have the idea of Rafaini Hashem. So the Rabbi explains, and he says like this: that if you give a look in the verse before Rafaini Hashem, when we pray to Hashem, Hashem should heal us. What does it say in the verse before that? That we forsook the source of the living water, which is the infinite name of Hashem. After it says that we forsook 
the infinite, the, the source of the living water, which is Hashem, then it says, now because we forsook that, we got disconnected, now we need refainu, we need to be healed. So in other words, so obviously when it says healing, what kind of healing are we talking about? We're talking about the healing of what happened in the first before. That because we got disconnected from the source of the living water of Hashem, and therefore we're asking Hashem, heal me, because we got disconnected. Now, so what does that mean, we got disconnected from the source of the living water? So obviously we know what is, what is, the, what is the source of the living water referring to. It's referring to the disconnection of Hashem through mitzvahs. Because every time we do a mitzvah, we're connected to Hashem. And God said, when we stop doing mitzvahs, then the, 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 we get disconnected. So now we're disconnected. And we know that Torah, learning Torah, and doing mitzvahs is called chayim, it's called life. When a person learns Torah, you're connected to real life. When a person does a mitzvah, you're connected to real, to, re, to real life. So unfortunately, when you don't learn Torah, or you don't do a mitzvah, you're disconnecting from, re, 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 to, from, from real life. So what are we telling Hashem? Rafaini, we want to be healed. Healed from what? From disconnecting of doing mitzvahs. How do we get healed? So we get healed through, we all know, tshuva. Tshuva is when we return to Hashem. And the Rebbe says, takes it a step further, and he says as follows, that even when somebody learns Torah, and even when someone is doing the mitzvahs, but you're learning Torah and doing the mitzvahs is not on the level of a son of your neshama, the power and the strength and the inspiration and the fire of, of your neshama, and as you're doing, you're learning Torah, you're doing mitzvahs, you're just doing it. You're checking off the list. You're doing it, in Hebrew it's called mitzvahs anashim alamada. You're just doing it by rote, by habit. So then that's also being disconnected. Even though technically you're doing it, you can show your chart that it's all checked off. But you're lacking the sun. you're lacking the fire of the neshama. And then you need to have, then you need to be healed. Again, what is the healing? The healing is true for returning to Hashem. And like the Rebbe brings from the previous Rebbe, that um, he says that Mashiach, is going to, when Mashiach is going to come, he's going to inspire even Sadiqim, righteous people to do tshuva. Why? If you're a righteous person, you're a tzaddik, why do you have to do tshuva? And he explains, because let's say you're, you're someone's a tzaddik, and so for whatever reason, he's got, physically he's not well. So he, unfortunately, he wasn't able, because he was not well, he wasn't able to learn Torah or do certain mitzvahs. So technically he's exempt. But the fact is, even though technically you, you are exempt, because you're not feeling well, but you're still missing. You're still missing that connection of learning Torah at that moment. You're still missing that connection of mitzvah accomplishes. So therefore you need to do tshuva. You need to return to Hashem. So even a tzaddik has to return to Hashem. That's what a tzaddik. The same thing also applies to a benini. In other words, as we know, the author writes in Tanya, that when a benini starts learning, it's very, very important to do with a shema. You're doing it for the sake of Hashem. It, as you get into learning, sometimes you don't do it necessarily for the right reasons. You're learning for uh, uh, for a reward, for honor, etc. But what happens when you learn Torah not for the right reasons? Guess what? Even though you're learning Torah, it's great, it's wonderful, but you're going to have to do tshuva for it. So you see, A, a tzaddik will have to do tshuva for missing out. A bainy will have to do tshuva for not being, so to speak, on the highest level. And actually, when it comes to tshuva... So there's three levels in tshuva. What are the three levels? One is refaini, and we'll explain what that means. Ve'irafei, we'll explain soon what that means. And the third level, kisi lasiyata. 
What is the idea of Rafaini and Shuva? That we're Rafaini, we turn to Hashem, we say, Rafaini, Hashem, inspire me to do Shuva. So the first level of Shuva is that we return to we turn to Hashem and we ask Hashem to inspire us to do Shuva. What's the Rafa that I'm gonna be healed? That's referring to our own personal Shuva. And the same thing applies, Hashiani, we return to Hashem, Hashem, inspire us to be saved. And Vivashaya, we do, we do our, our tshuva of being saved. After those two levels, one that comes from Hashem and one that we do, then we have the third level, Silo Siyata. Three levels in tshuva. So obviously, these are in general three levels of tshuva. So we have to understand what these three levels are. What these three levels are. So Rebbe says, we'll understand this with an introduction, what the verse said in the previous verse before Rafaini. What does it say in that verse? Oisi Ozvu. Me, referring to Hashem, you forsook. You got disconnected. Mekoyer mayim chayim, the source of living water. And as we explained before, what does that mean we got disconnected from the source of living water? It's referring to not learning Torah. Not necessarily doing the mitzvah. As we know, Torah and mitzvah is called chayim, it's called life. So if that's the case, Rebbe asked the question, why is the verse say, Mekor, the source of Mayim Chayim? What did we do wrong? We didn't learn Torah, we didn't do mitzvahs. Torah and mitzvahs is Chayim as life. So why doesn't it say that we, dis- why should have said we got, got disconnected from Chayim, from life? What's the idea of Mekor, the source of Mayim Chayim? So Rebbe explains as follows, and he says like this, what is Mayim Chayim? What does it mean, living water? So, Mayim Chayim is the water that comes after the water goes through the earth, through different channels in the earth. So what happens when the water comes out from the earth, that water that comes out, let's see, you see water running through a mountain. That means it went from before the mountain, it went in the mountain, and it comes out from the mountain. The part that comes out from the mountain gets elevated to a higher level than before, and it's actually called Mekoyer the source of Mayim Chayim, of living waters. In other words, like this, Sarah explains as follows. When the water is in its source, it's just like water from the ocean, which is salty water. You go into the ocean and the water is salty. So the water in its soul, source, it's salty. What happens when the water that's in the ocean, that's salty, starts making its way through the channels in the earth? <clears throat> so... They go through the channels on the earth, then you don't see it. But when they come out on the other side, when they go through the process of going through the earth, then they become Mayim Chayim, living waters. You drink it, it's actually sweet water. So it started out salty in its source, it went through the channels in the earth, and then it became sweet water. So in other words, Rebbe explains that basically in general, there's three levels in water. One is the way the water is in its source, where it's totally, the water is revealed albeit it's salty. Then the way they go through the channels through the earth, and over there the water's concealed underneath the earth, and then the way the water comes out afterwards in the streams of water that comes out from the mountains, and uh, the any other source of water that comes from originally that was, that was in the earth, and over there it's revealed. So three levels in the water. The way it's originally revealed, the way it gets concealed, and when it comes out again, it gets revealed. Now, the water, when it gets, when it was originally revealed, that's the source. 
when it goes through the earth, and when it comes out and gets revealed again, the second time it gets revealed, they're actually on a much higher level than its original where it's in its source. Why? Because in original it's a source, it's salty water. When it comes out, it's sweet. It's mayim chayim. It gets elevated. Now the Rebbe says that actually it's interesting is, that even though generally speaking we're talking about three levels, in its source where it's revealed, in the earth where it's concealed, and afterwards when it comes Mayim Chaim, when it gets revealed again. But the Rebbe brings from a Hasidic discourse from the previous Rebbe, in the same verse, Rafaini, that the Rebbe says over there that there's actually four levels in water. The three that we mentioned, and another one, the way the water before it's revealed in the first place, the way it's, it's in its source, in the abyss, and over there it's in the there it's concealed and literally concealed. In its source it's concealed. So before the revelation of the water, it existed somewhere in a concealed way. And then obviously from there it goes down to the revealed, to the concealed, and again to the revealed. <clears throat> so again, over there the river brings a fourth level, it means a total total four. But generally speaking, there's three levels in the water: the revealed one, the concealed, and the revealed again. And the one that's revealed, the second time it's revealed, is much greater than the first time it's revealed. And that's called Mayim Chaim, living waters. So the, that's when it comes to physically water. So Rebbe said the same thing applies on a spiritual level. In other words, the Yudke Vavke, the infinite name of Hashem, is referred to the Makar, the source of living waters. And like the verse says, Makar Mayim Chaim Es Havai Yudke Vavke. In other words, Havaya, Yud, Hashem's infinite name of Yud, Hey, and Vav, Hey, what does that mean? Haya, Haya, it was, it is, and it will be, all in one. Which means it's consistent. It's always there. And not only it's always there, but it's there without any limits. Just like the water of a spring, that we know it's not measured by quantity. For example, if you need a mikvah, there's a certain amount of water it needs. But in its source, the source of a spring water, even a little bit purifies. Why? Even though it's even coming out a little bit, because since it's consistent, it has the real power of water that's alive. The same thing also when it comes to Yud Kevavke, where Hashem past, present, and future is all one, there's no limitations, and it's constantly consistent. That's all at the level of Yud Kevavke. Now, that's the infinite light of Hashem. What happens from Yud Kevavke when it goes into the process of creation? that comes from Yudke Vavke. So there's three levels. The source is Yudke Vavke. But then there's three levels. What are the three levels? We know the three levels are the three worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and the world of Asiya. Just like the three levels of water. They're revealed, concealed, and revealed again, and the second revealed is greater than the first revealed. The same thing applies to the three worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. And Derbe explains this follows, and he says like this. So again, Yudke Vavke is just like the fourth level the previous I mentioned about the water where it's totally concealed. That's what Yudke Vavke. The first level of creation is called the world of Bria. What does Bria mean? That means it's the world before that it was infinite, and now there's a possibility of a creation. In Hebrew, it's called Efshari Hamatzias. 
it's possible for something to be existed. Where? In the world of Bria. Why is that? Because the world of Bria is the first world of yesh, of something, which is close to the eye in the infinite. Atzilus Eitzel is part of the infinite of Hashem, and Bria is the first world of creation. Now, since it's the, it's the first world of a yesh, creation close to the infinite, so it's not fully developed as something that totally exists, but what is it? It has the possibility of existence to exist in the world of Bria. Why is that? For two reasons. Why is it only a possibility to be existent? Because A, because it's so connected to the infinite. And those Bria, part of it is connected to the infinite. That's what one reason. Another reason, since it's close to the infinite, so even though it exists, but it has a component where it's totally humble. It's totally humble. It's so connected to the infinite. So even though it does exist, but it's humbled. So it's not a complete arrogant existence. So therefore, because it's not a complete arrogant existence, so what do you experience in the world of Bria? What you experience is the revelation of Hashem. In the world of, of, of Bria, what is felt? Gilea the course, Hashem is revealed. So Bria is all about Hashem is revealed. And again, for two reasons. One is it's close to the Ayin. So therefore it's not fully developed as in its own existence. And B, even the part that exists has humility. So therefore, when you're in the world of Bria, what's, re, what's a reality is Hashem. Hashem is revealed. That's in the world of Bria. The next world the world of Yitzira, over there already, Yitzira comes from which world? It comes from the world of Bria. So it's not Yesh, Me'ayin, it's not something that comes from nothing, but it's actually something, Yitzira, that comes from another something, the world of Bria. Therefore, in the world of Yitzira, Yitzira, existence is a reality. It's a real Matthias, it's a real something. And there's a lot of details, a lot of limitations, Therefore, what happens once there's an existence in the world of Yitzira? It's, it's a something that comes from a something with all the details and all the components. If existence is a reality, what happens to Hashem? Hashem is concealed. So in Oilam Habriya, so far we learned Hashem is revealed. Because A, it's close to the eye in the infinite, and it's humbled. In the world of Yitzira already, now what do you have? You have arrogance, you have existence. So Hashem is concealed. Then what happens after the world of Yitzhira? Well, then you know we have the world of Asiya, the physical world. Now when it comes to the Oilam HaAsiya, we know what it says. Barasiv, Barasiv, the world of Yitzhira, Bria, Yitzhira, uh, formed. And then it says, Af Asisiv. What does Af mean? Af is coming to add a, a whole different level, a fourth level. What's the fourth level? That in this level, Hashem is revealed even greater. Greater than Oilam Abriya. Just like we have the analogy before with the water, Mayim Chayim. Where's the water more revealed after it comes out from the concealment? And it was like this, just to recap before we go a step further. When it comes to the water, we said there's four levels. There's the part that's totally concealed, then the part that's revealed, where but nevertheless it's still salty. Then you have when it gets concealed. And then you have when it gets revealed again, that's the water that's alive, which is actually sweet and tasty. So you have total concealment, revelation, concealment and revelation. And the second revelation is more and greater than the first revelation. 
The same thing also. Yud Kei Vav Kei is the ultimate concealment of Hashem. Bria, and we'll talk about Atzilut soon. Bria, the world of, of creation, so Hashem is revealed. Why? Because it's Yesh Me'ayin. Ayin is, re- is felt in the world. And even the Yesh is humbled. Yitzira already with his formation, so different Hashem is concealed. And the world of Asiya comes back full swing where Hashem is totally revealed again. So the Rebbe is going to explain this, these three worlds, the way the creation of Hashem serves Hashem in every one of the, these worlds. So we know you're familiar, you're probably familiar with some of these uh, expressions that we say in uh, on uh, davening on Shabbat or during the week. So it says like this: It says in, it says in, in the prayer service that in the world of Bria, in the world of uh, creation. That's the place where the srofim, the angels that are called srofim, on fire, serve Hashem. What do the srofim do in the world of Bria? They say, Kadosh, Hashem is so holy. And they say, Malay Kala Aretz The whole world is full with the honor of Hashem. So the Rebbe asked a simple question, one second. What do the angels in the world of Bria say? Kadosh, Hashem is holy. And Mali Kala Aritz the honor of Hashem has filled the whole world. It seemingly is a contradiction. Kadesh means disconnected, holy, disconnected. So if he's disconnected, how does he fill the whole world? So the Rebbe explains like this that the Srafim in the world of Bria, they come to the realization, they come to the comprehension that Hashem is Kadesh Shumuvdal, totally holy and just separated from them. However, when they're referring to the Oilam Hasiyah, so knows it's not Kadosh and Mulechah Christ referring to the same world. In the world of Bria, they say Kadosh, Hashem is totally wow, holy, separate. We realize how great Hashem is. However, in the world of Asiyah, the, the Srofim say, over there Hashem is filled, Hashem over there is felt in the, in, in the whole world. Now, because the Srofim are ones that realize where Hashem is Kadosh, and the way Hashem is Muvdal, that means they realize the greatness of Hashem. So therefore, because they realize the greatness of Hashem, so there's less of them, there's no arrogance. So how do they serve Hashem? As it says, Benachas Ruach, they're calm, Besof of Arura, a very clear uh, speech, Nima Kedosha, very sweet, holiness, which all resembles his Yashvas. In other words, when Hashem is revealed, and you feel Hashem's presence, how do you feel? You feel calm. You're you're relaxed, you're calm. What's the reason? Because since they understand Hashem, therefore they're, they're relaxed, they're calm. So in the world of Bria, what's real? What's real is Hashem, and because Hashem is real, and Hashem is revealed, therefore the angels that serve Hashem in that world are calm and peaceful. They see and they feel the presence of Hashem. Now, even though they feel that Hashem is totally Kadosh, totally holy, totally separated and disconnected, but since they comprehend it, and they appreciate, they understand it, therefore they're calm. And as we said before, they say it with a clear voice, they're relaxed. That's the world of, of Bria. So again, so you see clearly that because the world of Bria, Hashem is revealed, so it's a calm world. They serve Hashem with calmness. On the other hand, the world of Yitzira, 
what who serves Hashem in the world of Yitzirah. So it says the world of Yitzirah to chayos, animals, right, making a lot of noise. Ve'ifani akoydesh and the holy ifanim. How do they serve Hashem? Barash, with tremendous noise. Now, why are they screaming? They're screaming. It's a powerful insight to learn because since they don't understand and they don't appreciate, therefore they're screaming. So you see clearly when someone sees the light, they're calm. When someone's screaming, it's because they're in the dark. They don't see it. And that's why they say, Baruch Kvoid Hashem, blessing the honor of Hashem, Mim Koyme from His place, which means from wherever Hashem's place is, His source, etc. Because they don't understand. They don't understand what, we, or anything. And they also say, Mim Koyme, wherever the place of Hashem is. Why? Because they don't understand. They don't comprehend. They don't see it. So you see clearly in the world of Bria, Hashem is real, so everyone's calm. In the world of Yitzira, Hashem is not revealed, so everyone's nervous. They don't know what, where, when, where they're screaming. On the other hand, in the world of Asiya, now we're not referring to over here the world of Asiya the way, the way the angels perceive it, but we're talking about the world of Asiya, where our physical bodies are here, our animal souls are here, and this godly soul is enclosed within our body and within our animal soul. Now through our work, we serve Hashem by learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, then we reach the level of af asisiv. That what happens in this world, what gets revealed is a level even higher than Oilam Habriya, which is the place of the Srofim. So this world, even though technically it's a lower world, but we have the power by learning Torah, which means connecting to Hashem and doing what Hashem wants and doing His mitzvahs, we can connect to a place alpha even greater than the world of Bria. Why? Because when it comes to the Srofim, that they serve Hashem in which world? The world of Ayla Bria. So what does it say? Srofim Oindim, the, the Srofim are standing, Mimal Loi, above Hashem. In other words, what does it say in the verse? That um, the Eras Hashem, they saw Hashem, Yoishev sitting on his throne. Which is referring to the Shekhinah. The Shekhinah is on his throne. And what do the angels say? That Srofim Oindim, the Srofim are standing above it. In other words, what does that mean? They're above the level of the Shekhinah. So the question is, how could the angels be on top of the Shekhinah? They're only angels. The Shekhinah is the highest. So what does that mean? That means that they understand that Hashem is Kadosh, holy, and Muvdal, and totally disconnected, higher from the energy, the godly energy that gives them life force. And therefore, since they realize how great Hashem is, they're in a tremendous yearning to the level of Kadosh. And therefore, they stand mimalai because they're yearning to Hashem. doesn't mean they're physically higher. They're yearning to that high level. Like the Baal Shem Tov says, that in a place that a person wants to be, that's where you are. So when you're, they're yearning to Hashem, that's where they are from the yearning perspective. <clears throat> so that's in terms of the, the srofim in that level, the yearning to be the highest level, the, the yearning to the level where Hashem is so high. However, in the world of Asiya, the world that we're in, what does it say? Af Asisiv, which means we're adding a whole different level, a fourth level, which is higher than the level of the idea of srofim. And the Rebbe says, he, based on this, he explains another verse in the writings of Nehemiah. When the, where it says in the Chemi, it says as follows. Atahu Hashem Levadecha. 
You are Hashem Levadecha. Totally by yourself. Very high level. And then it says, at Asisa. And it doesn't say atto with the hay. It says at without the hay. No, it says without the hay. You can read it with the, with the hay, atta, but there's no hay there. At you, Asisa, you did. It's a Shemayim, the heaven. The Atta and the third level, Machayas Kulam, give everyone its life force. So you see in the verse it says three times Atta. Atta when it refers to Hashem by himself with the hay. And then the last Atta when it refers to when you give life force, it says with the hay. But the, the middle one, when it refers to Hashem making the heaven and the earth, it says Atta without the hay. Why is it missing the hay on, on the, on the, in, the, in the middle one? So the metric says like this. Why is it say without the hay? Because when Hashem created the Shemayim Esa'aret, he became weak, like a female. And therefore the hay was taken out. Because hay resembles Malchus. That's what it says in the Medrash. In Kabbalah it says like this, that hay is a reference to the five images which is referring to the Svirot. Okay, we know the Sphirot is 10 Sphirot, and there's many ways to count it and to set them up differently. But one of the ways the Sphirot is set up is in five images. What's the five images? Kesser is one, the highest Sphirot. Chachma is the second one. Bina is the third one. Zah, which is the sixth Midas, is the fourth. And Malchus is the last Sphirot. So again, so the five are Kesser, Chachma, Bina, the sixth Midas, and Malchus. Those are the five levels. And that's called five partsufim, five images. Which, as you see, these five encamp- encapsulate all the ten spheroids. Now, in the world of Yetzirah, there's missing the hay. Actos without the hay. In the world of Yetzirah, it's missing the hay, which means what's missing in the world of Yetzirah? The five images. What does that mean? Because the five images, the ten spheroids, are concealed in the world of, of Yetzirah. And therefore, because it's concealed, so the letter hay is not actually written down. So according to Kabbalah, the hay that's missing is, it's a reference to the ten spheroids, the ten spheroids are concealed, and therefore it's not written down. So based on this, Rebbe explains the verse as follows, and he says as follows. Atahu Hashem levadecha. You, Yosham, are alone, is referring to where? In the world of Bria, the world of creation. And over there in the world of creation, the hay is there. That means the five, the five, which is referring to all the spheroid, is, is there in a revealed way. All the spheroids are there. And it's even though we know it's exactly ten spheroids, it's not nine, it's not eleven. And even though it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's a finite amount, it's, it's ten, but it's not nine, it's not eleven. But nevertheless, even though there's ten spheroids, and it's a limited amount of spheroids, but nevertheless, what, what's felt in that world is that Ihu Hashem, the Chayehu, referring to the spheroids, is all one. Which means Shahatu Lavadecha, the spheroids that exist, they're not disconnected from Hashem. Atu Hashem Lavadecha. The only thing that's felt in the world of Bria is Hashem. You know, it's the infinite part of Hashem, and the finite part of Hashem is all felt, and it's felt that it's all one. So the spheroids don't exist as a separate entity. Now, Jared brings out the point, because we keep on saying that the first world referring to Hashem is revealed is in the world of Bria. So he says, even though, generally speaking, we say that Hashem, the infinite part of Hashem, and the spheroids 
are all one, means the spirits are not concealed. Even though in general, we refer, when we say that we're referring to the world of Atzilut, but nevertheless, when we, when, we, when we talk about just specifically the three worlds of Bria, Yitzira, of Anasiya, so the fact that Hashem and the Sphiros are one is also applies to the world of Bria as well. Why? Why is Bria, does it apply to Bria as well? Because we know in, in, that the world, the world of Bria is the first, like we explained before, is the first world of Yesh, of something. It's the first existence which is close to the infinite non-existence, the ayin of Hashem. And in the world of Bria, what is the light that's shining in the world of Bria? What's light shining in the world of Bria is the, of, is the infinite light of Hashem. So therefore, in, even though generally the world of Atzilus, that's the reality. But in Bria it applies as well. So in other words, just like Hashem and the spheres are one, that means in the spheres you feel the infinite light of Hashem, the same thing also in the world of Bria, you also feel the infinite light of Hashem, we're in the spheres. And that's understood also from the idea we know that we said that the Srafim are in the world of Bria. And that's why they're called Srafim, because they're burnt by their comprehension of this deep level. In other words, they feel the unity just like it's in the level of Atzilus, and that's felt into their whole being, and that's why they're called Srafim, they're burnt up by this powerful energy. They're totally humbled and nullified, the way it's all connected to the oneness of Hashem. And the same thing is also understood when it comes to the spheroids in the world of Atzilus, where it's all one, and the same thing also in the world of Bria, where it's all one. Now why is that? And the Rebbe brings in the Zohar, he says like this, that it says in the Zoyer, I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate it, the Abba Elah, that the level of Abba, which we know is Chachma, that hangs out Mekanen of Atzilut, that's in the world of Atzilut. Ubina, the second sphere, Mekanen where is that? In the level, in the, in the world of Bria. So Chachma, Abba is connected to the world of Atzilus, and Bina is connected to the world of Bria. Now, we all know, it says in the Zoyer, that Chachma and Bina are like two friends that never get disconnected. They never get disconnected. So therefore, since Chachma and Bina never get disconnected, and even though Chachma is mainly in the world of Atzilus, and Bina is where in the world of Bria, so since they never get connected, so Rebbe explains that Bina, not the external part of Bina, the internal part, Pneumius Habina, in Pneumius Habina, what is felt in Pneumius Habina? Chachma is felt in Bina. Why? Because Chachma and Bina are totally connected. They never get disconnected. So in the internal part of Bina, what's felt is what's felt is Chachma. And Rebbe gives an example. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe was, uh, was the smartest person in existence, Chachma, Chacham. But nevertheless, he merited to the level of Bina, which what, what level of Bina are we talking about? We're talking Pneumius of Bina, the essence of Bina, that in the essence of Bina, what's felt in the essence of Bina is felt as felt the idea of Chachma. So therefore, when we talk about generally, we talk about three worlds, Bri, Yitzira, Asira, so then we explain that the ver- first part of the verse was Atuol Hashem Lovadecha, which means Hashem and the Sphira is all one. In the Sphira you feel the infinite part of Hashem. That's a reference to the Elma Bria, because we're starting off with Elma Bria. Now, <clears throat> so even though again, at, uh, the Hashem and the Sphira where it's all one is referring to generally Atzilut. Uh, but nevertheless, even in Bria, this feeling of Hashem is totally one is also felt in the world of Bria, just like in the world of Atzilus. So that's the first part of the verse. Then when the verse continues and it says, 
after again without the hay you made the heaven and the earth and everything that's in the heaven and the earth what is that referring to? that's referring to the world of Yitzira why? because over there in the world of Yitzira godliness as we said is concealed and because godliness is concealed therefore you have a lot of details you have the heaven you have the earth you have everything that's a part of the earth which is a lot a lot of details and, and divided details because in the world of Yitzira Hashem is concealed and therefore you can have so many details what does it say afterwards? The Atta, and over again over here, it brings back the hey, Mechayes Kulam. Give everything its life force. In other words, not only Hashem created everything, but Hashem gives everything its life force. What does that mean, Hashem gives everything its life force? That means that in everything that exists in this world, what's revealed is that the life force that it has is coming from Hashem. And this revelation that takes place in this world, that literally in every part of the physical world, what do you see? If you look deep, you see the life force that's coming from Hashem. So that's even higher than after Hashem Lavadecha, which is in the world of Atzilus, and we, we, as we're referring to now in the world of, of Abriya. And that's why it says Vi'ata. It adds the letter Vav. Why? Because what's the letter Vav? Like we know it says in, in the prayers in the morning, in the Shamash and Asatabi, Tohirahi, Atabarasa, Bria, Yitzarta, Vi'ata Asisa. And over there it says that 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 um, that the highest level is even higher than Tahirahi. <clears throat> so in other words, to bring it back full circle, so when it says Mayim Chayim, the source of living water, Mayim water, Chayim that are alive, Makram Chayim Chayim, which we said comes from Es Havaya Yudke which is we know Yudke Vavke is even hot, which, which is specifically in the world of Asiya, in the lowest world, we draw down from Atahu Hashem Lavadecha, even higher than Hashem Lavadecha, just like from the water, where it goes, where, when the, the revealed water is higher than its original source, the same thing also, this physical world gets connected to the higher, uh, the, from the highest highest source of Yud Kevavke of Hashem. Now, so this world has the power that we draw in from the highest places, from Yud Kevavke. How do we do that? It's a physical world. Afasisiv, it's, it's a physical world. And the answer is, how do we draw down the infinite light into this world, which is the highest level, even higher than the world of Bria, and even higher possibly in the world of Atsilas? That is through us human beings doing our work our spiritual work. What's our spiritual work? Learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. And that's why the Rebbe says, and it's a very, very beautiful idea, the Rebbe says over here as follows, that that's why Jewish people are called tzaddikim. Not only certain people, select people are called tzaddikim, righteous people, but every single Jew is called a tzaddik. Why? Because every Jew learns Torah, every Jew does a mitzvah, and as we know it says, the whole nation is tzaddikim. Why? Because even someone that's a Poishe Yisrael, someone that rebels against Hashem, but they're full with mitzvah, it's just like a pomegranate, it's full with seeds, every single Jew is full with Torah and mitzvahs. And that's why everyone's called a tzaddik. Why they call tzaddikim? Because of the Torah and the mitzvahs that they learn, which is all, which is all tzedakah, it's all charity, it's all drawing down godliness into this world. Why is that? So why are you called a tzaddik by learning Torah and mitzvahs? Because when a person learns Torah and a person does a mitzvah, you're drawing down into this physical world 
the godliness is revealed, and what's revealed is the highest level of godliness. And that's why we know that the whole Torah is compared to the mitzvah of putting on tefillin. Why is that? Why is tefillin so important? Because what tefillin accomplishes when you put on tefillin, you're actually drawing down, what do you wear, on your head. You're drawing down moichin. You're drawing down the intellect, very powerful in- intellect. The same thing also when a person wears tzitzis. Tzitzis is called prisa de malka. It's the, it's the garment of the, of the, of the king. Which, which means we draw down, when you're putting on your tzitzis, you draw, da- draw down lamid beis nesivis of chachma, 32 strands of chachma. So tefillin, it brings down intellect into this world. Uh, tzitzis brings down 32 strands of intellect in, into this world. So in other words, when a person learns Torah and does mitzvahs, you draw down the most powerful light that gets revealed into this world. Why is that? Because we know that when Hashem created the world, Hashem created from the from midos, from the emotions. As the verse says clearly, Ki amarti oilom chesed yibone. How did Hashem create the world? Through chesed. Chesed is a midah, it's an emotion. But when you learn Torah with your intellect, and you do a mitzvah and you're drawing down intellect into the world, you're actually drawing down moichin. So when Hashem created the world, He created with midos. So what's the driving force in the world is emotions. That's why the world is very emotional. But on the other hand, when you learn Torah and mitzvahs, you become much more calm. Why? Because you're bringing down intellect into the world. And that's why when it comes to Torah and mitzvahs, tefillin is very, very important to put on tefillin every day. Wearing tzitzit is very, very important. Why? Because you're drawing in the uh, four intellects through tefillin and the 32 uh, uh, intellects uh, through putting on tzitzit. Now, so what's our goal? Our goal is to make the world calm. How do we make the world calm? By revealing God. How do we reveal God? By drawing in the, the intellect. By Again, by putting on tefillin, doing mitzvah, uh, and, and doing the tzitzit, or learning Torah, etc. Now, when we draw in the light of intellect by learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, it's not enough just to draw down the light into the midos, the physical structure of the world that was created from the emotions. Midos are called zah, zeramp in the small face. But we actually have to draw down the intellect, not only into the emotions, but literally into the physical world. And that's why all the mitzvahs are called tzedakah. Why? Because what stuck I mean? You're taking someone that's so to speak broken, doesn't have something, and you bring down energy and um, resources into the physical world, into the low world. In order to bring down powerful energy into this world, so you have to draw down from a from a very very high place, even higher of Atu Hashem even higher than the world of Bria and the world of Atzilut. So therefore, in order to draw it down, so we know already in order to draw down the light, what do we have to do? We have to learn Torah and do mitzvahs. But since we're trying to draw down not just from Bri and Atzilut, we want to draw down from the infinite place of Hashem. So therefore, the Rebbe adds now a very, very important component. So we learned so far to draw down, we have to learn Torah and do mitzvahs. But we want to draw down where? Into the physical world. So we have to bring from a very high place. How do we draw down from the highest place? So therefore the Rebbe says, the Torah and mitzvahs that we do, means we learn Torah, and we're doing a mitzvah, we have to do it from a son of our neshama. We have to put our soul into it, not just our external soul, we have to put the strength and the power of our soul when we learn Torah and mitzvahs. 
Because when we learn Torah, and we do mitzvahs with the Eson, with the power and the strength of our neshama, then we reach the Eson, the power which is on high. Now, so we have to bring our neshama into it, which brings down from the highest level and draws it down to all levels. Now, generally speaking, when it comes to Torah mitzvahs, there's three levels. So therefore, when a person learns Torah mitzvahs, and again, we just add the command, you have to do it with your Eson of your neshama, with the, with the strength of your neshama. We draw down from the Eson, which is really, really on high, of after, even higher than Atahu Hashem Levadecha, into all three worlds, up until it comes down to this physical world. And that's why the verse in, in Psalms, King David says, Maskil Eson HaEzrochi. And the author explains when the Torah, what does he mean, Eson HaEzrochi? So Eson, the author says, is referring to the Eson of the Neshama, the strength and the power of the Neshama, which, well, how do we bring it in when we do our spiritual work of Chachma and Bina, which is the two levels of intellect, and what does that mean practically? How do we connect to it? Through meditation, through prayer. That's why prayer is not only important, but it's important to meditate on prayer. And like the other quotes the words, it's that's in terms of prayer. So prayer is one component. So when you're praying, you have to meditate in prayer. Bring the intellect into prayer. Meditation. The other brings another verse where it says, Ve'hisonim, same letters as Eson, Moiste um, Aretz, are the foundation of earth. Now Eisonim have the same letters as Tanoim, which are the, are the teachers of the Mishnah, of the Talmud. The Mishnah and the Talmud which is also an explanation of the Mishnah. And over there we have the laws of purity and impurity, which is all reference to what idea of Midas, the emotions. But even in there, when you're learning, you have to bring in the Eson. You have to bring in the Tanoim, which have the same letters as Eson. Because the idea is to bring down Eson weir into the emotions as well. As you're learning, you're excited about it. And the verse also brings another verse where it says, Tzedakah Kenachal Eson. That tzedakah flows like the valley of Eson. Which, what is that referring to? Tzedakah, action. That even in action, you have to bring the Eson and the Neshama. So you have to bring the Eson and the Neshama in your intellect, by prayer meditation, by learning which resembles the, the emotions, and into the physical world. And when a person learns Torah, and a person does mitzvahs, on all three levels, intellect, emotions, and action, and, but you're doing it from your Eson of your Neshama, from the strength, the power of your soul, then you draw down from the highest places, even higher of Atahu Hashem Lavadecha Bria and Yitzira, which that means you're drawing down Mayim Chaim, not just life of, uh, of Torah, it's like Mayim Chaim, the water of life, the Eson of Neshama down into this world. Now, what happens when a person learns Torah and does mitzvahs, but you're not plugged into the fire of your soul. You're not plugged into the power of your neshama. So even though you're learning Torah, you can check it off. I learned. I learned. I went to a class. I listened to a class. I was involved in a class. And I did this mitzvah. I did that mitzvah. It's all great. Keep it up. But the problem is that you're learning. If you're not learning with your neshama, it's like doing it by rote. You're doing it out of habit. And as we know that there's no comparison when someone learns something a hundred times, if you learn a hundred and one, a hundred is nature. You do a hundred and one, now the fire starts rolling. 
So even though you're learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, but if you're lacking the Aeson of the Yerushalmi, the Yerushalmi is not into it. So what happens is you're not drawing down the Mayim Chayim, the, the water that's alive from all the way in high. And based on this, this is what the verse says in Jeremiah. Azvu is Hashem. They left Hashem, the infinite Hashem, Makar, the source of Mayim Chayim. Because when you're not learning with your Aeson and Hashem, how are you drawing down it down here? The only way to connect to it is by learning Torah and Mitzvahs. That's great. But in order to really connect and draw down the highest level into this world, you have to do it from your Aeson of your Neshama. And that's what the request was saying to Hashem, Rafaini Hashem. Heal me, Hashem. Ve'irafei. And I want to be healed. What am I referring to? I want to be able to do tshuva. And we know that tshuva is healing. You know, there's, there's, there's physical healing and there's spiritual healing. What is spiritual healing? Spiritual healing is, 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 is tshuva, repenting. Why? What's the difference, for example, between someone eats and someone's being healed, you know, through medicine? Because <clears throat> when it comes to eating, we know, for example, you want to have good food, you want to have quantity, you want to have quality. Food, you need to have a lot of, a lot of you want to eat a lot of food. And there's a, there's, a, there's a first course, the second course, the dessert, and so on and so forth. There's a logic to it. There's a science to eating, what to eat, when to eat, etc. However, when it comes to healing, it's not about quality, quantity. It's not about quality. It's not about how it tastes. Because we all know that literally one pill, one drop, could totally heal somebody. And so, something that's usually, sometimes you can be very, very sick. But one pill will help you. Not only that, does the pill or the, or the drop, whatever you're taking, have to be sweet? No, it could be bitter. As a matter of fact, mo, most healing, so the Rebbe says, is bitter. It's not necessarily sweet. You might add sweet things, but the healing itself is not necessarily sweet. And it's explained many, many places in mysticism that there's a major difference between eating and healing. Why is that? Because when it comes to eating, yeah, quantity, you need more and better, etc. When it comes to healing, you just need a drop. Boom, it does the job. And that's why repentance is, called, is the same idea of, of, of refuah as healing. Why is that? Because when it comes to repentance, when someone returns to Hashem, there's no limits. In other words, we know, one moment you say, that's it. I'm turning to, returning to Hashem. I'm connecting to Hashem. You're, you're connected. Or as it says, someone can uh, in one second you can acquire your whole world. One second of returning to Hashem. Why, with one moment and one turn, you're totally plugged in with Hashem. Tshuva is very powerful. Tshuva is a healing. So when the verse says Rafaini, what does it mean, Rafaini? Heal me. What does that mean? I want to return to you, Hashem. So the first part we're saying is Rafaini, Hashem. Inspire me to do tshuva. Knows where the tshuva is coming from above. Hashem all of a sudden puts on the flashlight. Not that you did anything. Hashem inspired you to do tshuva. Now, true that I disconnected from you. I wasn't learning Torah. I wasn't doing mitzvahs. I wasn't even learning to do mitzvahs from, from the strength of my neshama. But what happens? Hashem can inspire us to return to Hashem. Like we know, for example, that every single day there's a basko that goes out from Har Choyrev. There's a heavenly voice that says, wake up, wake up. That's from above. Hashem is, is calling us to wake up and do tshuva. Or for example, the other basket says, shuvu vanim shevavim, return. There's a voice that says, come return to me Hashem. Which is basically voices, sounds 
that awaken people. Yeah, so why all of a sudden you become inspired to return to Hashem? I don't know. Something I heard a voice. It's, a, it's not something. Hashem inspired you to return to Hashem. And he inspired you to learn Torah, to pray a little more, to meditate a little more. How do you hear this? So we all know that we have an Hashem within us. But the Neshama within us has a counterpart. It's called the mazel of the Neshama. The Neshama has a part on high. And the Neshama on high hears it. Like the Moshantav explained many, many places. Now once the Neshama on high hears it, so the Neshama on, on, in your body hears it as well and gets inspired. Now, retur- the returning, knows the tshuva that we have, what is that connected to? That's connected to the Asun, the power, the strength, the depth of our soul. Why? Since tshuva, what's tshuva? In a second, an instant, I'm returning to Hashem. That has no limits. So therefore, the baskol, the voice on high that the neshama hears, on the level of the mazel of the neshama, it's on the level of, we know in the soul there's five levels. Nefesh, ruach, neshama, chai, yechida, the highest level. It's in the level of yechida and even higher than the level of yechida. And therefore, through tshuva, a person does tshuva, they, you can heal of leaving the source of water, and then you're able to bring back down mayim chayim into this world. So based on this, Rebbe explains the prayer that we say. Rifaini. What is Rifaini saying? We're saying to Hashem, Rifaini, inspire us from above to do tshuva. And then we say, in other words, we're asking Hashem to inspire us that we should that we should be saved. In other words, the idea of of, of, of salvation is like it says by Yesha Hashem al Hashem Hashem took from Hevel and, and his gift that he brought to Hashem, which basically you can bring a gift, Hashem doesn't take it. But by Hevel Hashem took it. Which is basically a gift from Hashem, Hashem on high. Hashem, Hashem gives it. Now, <clears throat> so after a person does tshuva, there's the Hashem draws you in to the next level of, of, of Yeshua, of Yeshua, which basically is all coming from high. And it's interesting is that Rifaini is a level of Arich, the in Keser. There's two levels, Atik and Arich. The lower level is. Uh, Rifaini uh, is connected to Arich and it's connected to the, to the letters of, of Aleph Reish Yud Ches where we ask Hashem to heal us and um, um, Yeshua is connected to the higher level of the level of, At- of Atik now so that is the first level Rifaini Hoshiaini that comes from on high from Hashem what happens afterwards that's when we do our work that's when we do our part and afterwards we say Kisi Lasiata what is, the, what is the third level Kisilasiyata? Kisi Never explain it like this. We know, what is Kisilasiyata? We're praising Hashem. What's the whole idea of praising and giving uh, compliments on a spiritual level? So Rebbe explains that we know that um, when it comes to the praising that the that the students of Rashbi, Rashbi Yichai, praised them, they gave pretty powerful praises. They said, "Man pnei adin Hashem What is the face of our master Yudke Vavke? That's Rashbi. That's a pretty heavy compliment. Or, for example, Rabbi Yehuda called him Shabbos. They called the Rashbi Shabbos, level of Shabbos. So they asked, well, what, "What does this mean, praising somebody with such powerful praises?" I mean, these are humble people. What does it mean you're praising someone? 
A humble person, you don't have to praise. Praising sounds almost like arrogance. And Derbe explains, no, no, no. That what happens is, and this is actually important, because a lot of people feel like you shouldn't praise someone. It's, it's arrogance, it's manipulating, etc. But here you're going to learn the, the spiritual significance of praising and the power of praising. And Derbe says like this. That when you praise somebody, you awaken from within them powers that are totally concealed. And that was, that was like this. There's this different levels of concealment. You have a concealment that you know it's concealed, but you don't want to reveal it. We're not talking about that level. We're actually, when it's, you pray somebody, you bring out concealments that it's totally concealed. They don't even know what's buried within them. Ultimate concealment. Not a concealment that could be revealed and will be revealed. Concealment that was totally concealed and, and it wasn't going to be revealed at all. So when you praise, and when the students praise the Rashbi, the Rashbi when they praise their teacher, and with the Chavraya, uh, the group, when they, when, they, when they praise them, the idea of praising is to bring out the concealment, not the concealment that's going to be revealed, that could be revealed, or the one that you know about. It actually brings out the concealment that you don't even know exists. And the same thing also when it comes to praising Hashem. When we praise Hashem... So the Rebbe brings the verse, Behilu Neiru Aroishi, we're bringing out concealment, that not even a concealment that's possibly to be revealed before the, before the praising. And it was a, a concealment which doesn't even exist. Up until Helem Ha'atzmi, the essence of concealment. And that's why the verse says, that by praising Hashem, you able to reveal from Ata, which is the deepest level of Rafaini. And based on this, Jerry explains, this is the difference between Pesach and Shavuot. Right now, between Pesach and Shavuot. So we know, for example, on Pesach, it's for chametz, something which is leaven, is forbidden. On Shavuot, we use specifically chametz. Wow. One holiday, Pesach, no chametz. Shavuot, only chametz. Why the extreme? Why the opposites? And the Rebbe brings a famous analogy of a king that had a son. And unfortunately, the son was not well. So they had to bring different medicines and healing uh, to heal, 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 heal the child. And because he was on a very, very strict uh, diet that he should be healed, and they only wanted him to have the medicines and different type of uh, um, herbs, etc. So he wasn't allowed to need anything. What happens once he became better? He started to feel stronger and better. So then they allowed him to eat things that healthy people eat. And in matter of fact, once you're, once you're better, you have to eat things that the healthy people eat. So you should have strength, even though initially you were not allowed to. So when the, when the child was sick, he couldn't eat anything. Only what they gave him um, medicinally. Once he became better, he was able to, and he, and he actually ate everything. So Jabba said the same thing also. But what was Pesach? Pesach, we were in Egypt. We were, we were, we were totally disconnected from Hashem. We needed healing. We needed intense healing. Now, even though you're going to say Hashem revealed himself to us, okay, but Hashem revealed himself to us. We didn't transform ourselves internally. Our animal soul was strong. Our body was strong. And therefore, we had to run away from evil. What happened? And therefore, we, therefore we, therefore we had to run away. We couldn't eat any chametz. What happened after Pesach? We start to count the Omer. We start to transform ourselves. What is the transformation? What is the Omer referring to? That's the healing. That's the medicinal spiritual healing. The Oymer is the healing. What happens after we finish the healing process, which finishes on Shruis, 
Then we're healed. When you're healed, not only you're allowed to eat chametz, you should eat chametz because that's what healthy people eat. So Rebbe says these three levels of time, Pesach and Sviras Oimer and Shvuas is connected to another verse. What does the verse say? Moshcheni, draw me. Acharecha nerutzo, I'm going to run after you. Heviani hamelech hardarov, Hashem brought me into the holiest and the most powerful intimate chamber. So what does Moshcheni mean? Moshcheni means from on high. Hashem is drawing me. And Moshcheni, me, Lashon Yachid, singular. In other words, that the revelation when Hashem is drawing me, who's, who's being drawn? The godly soul's being drawn. Why? Because there's a voice that's drawing me, um, from, from, from on high. But the body and the animal soul is not excited about it. It's actually just running away from it. It's only running away. It's, it's not excited about it. That's the level what of, 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 of Mashcheni. What happens after Mashcheni? Then we have the avoid of Acharecha Narutza. What means Acharecha Narutza? Acharecha Narutza, we're going to run. It means we're going to do our work. We're going to run on high. And there it says Narutza, plural. Who's, who's running? I thought we said we're one. And the answer is because the animal soul is already running. And it says Narutza in one word. That means the godly soul and the animal soul together are running. Which that means that the godly soul and the animal soul are inspired together to run after Hashem. That's what happened in Surya Sa'imer. That the godly soul and the animal soul together are transforming themselves. Then what happens in Chagash We go into a private chamber with Hashem. <clears throat> a room within a room. Literally Hashem reveals the essence to us. And based on the story explains, that's the insight, that's the understanding of the verse. Rufa'ini Hashem. So the first part of the verse says, Rufa'ini Hashem. What is that? That's when Hashem, we ask Hashem, reveal, reveal ourselves, inspire us. Which, which that's the revelation from on high, just like Pesach. Rufa'ini comes from on high, just like Pesach. Ve'irafei, which means I'm going to do my work, just like the work of Surah Sa'imer. Kisilasi Yata is referring to the revelation of you, Hashem himself. Has it happened? By praising Hashem. Which, and by, when that happens, the essence gets revealed. Room within a room. On Matan Torah, we become totally one with Hashem. That when by learning Torah, we get the ultimate connection with Hashem. And we and we, we only get the ultimate connection of Hashem. We get the get connection of Hashem through the revealed part of the Torah and through the concealed part of the Torah. And Rebbe finishes off as we know. It says, "Yisrael ve'raisa kutcha bricha kulocha." The truth is that the Jewish people and the Torah and Hashem are all one. That when we, as a people, learn Torah, we connect to Hashem. We become totally one. And we learn Torah. And we do the mitzvahs. We do it with the, with the ace of an Hashemah. We draw down godliness into the world. So here you see a beautiful insight in what spiritual healing is. Spiritual healing is when we turn to Hashem, that Hashem should inspire us to be healed. And Hashem is revealed, we want him to be healed. Then we do our avoidah. It's not easy. We struggle through it. But then we reach the highest level where Hashem is totally revealed to us even revealed much greater than before. I want to wish you all a great week.
a week of spiritual healing, and let's hope our next class will be together in Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.